0: go all right everybody welcome back to episode seven of the precision unloaded podcast new zealand's 37th most downloaded sports podcast uh, that's a true fact somehow um, we're back again graham and mark and we're going to go over a few scopes tonight um, a few other things how are you mark good
1: i didn't know there was 37 sports in new zealand but there you go
0: I think, well, I think there's only 37 podcasts, so we automatically sort of um, slot in at the end there. Nice. Yeah. Right. We'll take that win.
1: Well, we did have a f- question come through on the email, so that was um, a world first.
0: Yes. Yes. From our, uh, one of our seven fans. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll touch on that in a second.
1: We're up to eight. Um, maybe.
0: Eight fans. <laughs> so, so you and I actually. So we're talking over the internet right now, but we already hung out today. We did a bit of a, a shooting session in the wind. Um, you you wouldn't believe it, it's nice and calm at my house, but up, up at your place it was quite windy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She was uh, varying from about, well, I'll go with miles per hour, six miles per hour, to probably 14, 15. Crosswind, it's kind of coming slightly in front of us a bit, but um, we were just doing a bit of practice at a thousand so it didn't make it easy
0: no no it was um it was hard to we were semi-sheltered from our uh our shooting position so it was you had to really be on your game to, to notice when the wind picked up or or dropped off and um you'd sort of be on with two shots and then next next shot you'd be a um sort of three foot to the the right if the wind picked up so it was it it was good to remind you not to be complacent with wind and um
1: no and i'd picked up a new um wind meter as well which i was trying in mm-hmm. a bluetooth one so that was the, one of the things was just testing that to see if you could i basically not put it because it was gusting put an average in basically an average speed you know and in between speed and dialed that up and um yeah as long as it was alright half the time basically so because either way I had to go <laughs> a, a meter left or a meter yeah. right based on that one so
0: yeah yeah it, it was good and it, even there was a bit of um trees and foliage across the property but um a lot of them are quite low so they didn't get much um clues yeah as to what it was doing unfortunately but yeah um yeah I, I definitely couldn't put shot on shot after uh, shot after shot on plate but it was still it was, it was humbling and it was good fun and um just shows the need for more practice in that area uh usually we're pretty confident in most prone stuff but um yeah there's there's six mil six five mils sorry in the wind yeah. so uh i was shooting a 260 remington uh it's only a 22 inch barrel tika with a uh, shooting the 130 grain elds and you were shooting how long's your barrel 24 24 24 so 24 inch Tika attack one
1: yeah factory one standard yeah and yep. um with the 140 grain american gunner still so
0: yeah so that's the 140 grain bthp so boat tail hollow point projectile yeah um a little bit less affected by the wind than the 130 uh again high bc and all of that but yeah good fun um we should actually do it more rather than just sort of um looking for nice calm days but, uh, no well, i hadn't,
1: anyway. sh- I hadn't shot the tiger to a thousand yet so because i
0: only just you telling me you won the Tirada Practical Rifle event in the practical class without shooting to a thousand metres before with that gun?
1: No, well, I only just changed to the um, the mounts that canted the MOA down, so because <laughs> um, it's got a flat rail. Obviously, you know yep. if you know a a one so yeah. So I'd actually got all the dial up in that scope pretty much maxed out, like it's it's got no zero stop,
0: but it's basically bottomed out four clicks to the bottom when you're at zero so um yeah i might um, what i'll do is i'll put a picture of the gun as the um yeah. cover photo for this podcast so people can actually see it so the scope is a it's a night force it's actually a bench press model isn't it i'm not sure of the yeah it's the designation.
1: nxs 12 to 42 pair with a um oh shivers yeah with a basically a crosshair with a dot in the center yeah. um with a gap between Tiny dot in the centre. Very fine cross here. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. that's sort of, as I've said, aim small, miss small type of thing.
0: Aim you, small, miss heaps. <laughs>
1: or if you, if you're partly blind, can't even see the reticle at all. So,
0: oh yes, that's me. Um, we were shooting it s- several months back, um, yeah. and uh, I couldn't even hit a target at I think it was 400, 350 hundred fifty metres. But um,
1: anyway, it was good to input yeah. the data into get out of stray pro and for 980 meters which is what yeah and straight away it was you know it was hitting on the right level in terms of um elevation so yeah it's it's good to
0: validate that data
1: correct yeah
0: yeah yeah Mm. definitely the same for the said the 6 uh 260 remington which is a 6.5 for those who are unaware um that was a little bit out so it was a little bit faster than i thought so uh just for people who um haven't validated rifle data before, um, it's sort of good to validate uh, 800 metres to 1,000 metres if you've obviously got that distance. Um, and that'll give you a sort of a true uh, ballistic curve and then you can um, alter your velocities accordingly in your app, which StrayLock makes it very easy. Um, we're pretty big fans of StrayLock Pro. Um, it makes our life easier with all the multiple platforms we run. But yeah, that again, I know that's not simple for people having access to shoot a long way, but it's how we do it. Because um, even you can run a magneto or lab radar, but you still have to validate at distance, yeah, um, and work out what's going on. But yeah, the the two hundred and sixty oh, shivers. It was like a mil, a mil high or something with the data I had. Yeah, um, so I've all, I've sort of played around with that and <sighs> shooting pretty good now. Actually, um, yeah, still a lightweight gun, so it's, it's definitely. Uh, I mean it's 260 and 130 gram bullets so it's not heavy but yeah it still moves around so much more than a um, like a, one of our precision rigs you know that weighs two to three times as much so you, yeah, I was noticing I, I was really having to concentrate on my fundamentals and, and squeeze that trigger um, perfectly otherwise the, the rifle would move too much yeah um, I know you should do that every time but I think I can get a bit lazy with some of the heavier guns because the the weight of it can sort of um uh, make up for bad shooting habits i think but anyway anyway that's enough rambling on about no, our no. afternoon
1: then we finish off the day with a bit of a shoot with the 375 ruger so.
0: oh i forgot about this already i yeah. don't know how i did yeah so, so what so what is the 375 mark tell, tell tell the eight fans about the uh, So it's a
1: it's a 375 ruger Chambered and it's a Ruger Alaskan, they call it. So essentially a guide gun, all stainless steel. Um, yep. Quite a it's a heavyish barrel. Obviously, um, it's got a blind magazine. Fits for three rounds. Fits three rounds um, of 375 Ruger. Yeah, so especially a dangerous game rifle type thing. Uh, someone had it down south and I found it. So um, it's got a Hardy Magnum suppressor on it. So the original gun would have had um open sights and a um a barrel ring with a sling swivel on it so it's now basically just a threaded clean barrel which it needs it because it's about double the kick of a 306 without a suppressor so
0: mm. um, it's um because so 375 ruger us the parent case to the very popular 300 prc <laughs> um, recently, popular. Recent, recently popular. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it is, and, um, it, and it was put out by Ruger and Hornady um, to replicate three H, three seven five H and H Magnum performance out of a standard action. So, yeah. Essentially, it's no longer than a two seventy or thirty oh six cartridge, basically. Yeah. But flinging out a three hundred gram projectile.
0: So I hadn't shot this um, this rifle yet. So we thought before we finished up for the day. Um, we'd head over to the uh, where we've got some shorter range gongs set up and shoot a gong and then head over the back and try to shoot a couple feral goats and um as we arrived to where the gongs are there was several goats uh, right there so um
1: as we prepared earlier <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah uh, right on the bush line so i um with some instruction on where to aim with mark with the zeroing um i yeah went there's a billy and i shot him uh uh front on and the neck and the projectile traveled through the length of his body and come out as rear end so uh penetrating power on the cartridge was impressive that's for sure um and then i shot one of his mates as well but he uh ran off in the bush and i couldn't find him but um again i was only at 30 meters if that 20 meters it wasn't a long shot by any means um A (laughs) a
1: close quarters. Confrontation with dangerous game.
0: Yeah. Yes, it was my first experience shooting dangerous game, and it went pretty well. Um, yeah, but but pretty impressive that it went that far through. I mean, it's dependent on. I know it's dependent on bone and and everything. But yeah, it's certainly a. Um, you can see why they are intended. their intended use is elephants and bears and big shit that will kill you. So, um, not really having that issue in North Taranaki. Uh, we sort of substitute it for feral goats but um, I tell you what it's an expensive way to shoot a feral goat yes I agree what is it, $140 a box or something
1: yeah hence so why um, I'm getting some dies <coughs> to reload them but yeah. no it's yep. got a range of few projectiles 250 grand 270 300 round noses yeah but those ones you're shooting today were um, basically like a full metal jacket so they were pretty heavy and basically don't deform much at all, so.
0: Yes, so they're intended to penetrate. Go um, through as far as they can go. Yeah, big elephant uh, skulls and all that sort of uh, crazy shit. Um, Yeah, but pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, it's a, and I actually, then I went and I shot a couple gongs um, with it afterwards, just sort of um, kneeling and and offhand, and um, I managed to not quite scope myself it's um, close it was close like it touched my glasses and my eyebrow to the point where my next shot I actually flinched I'm embarrassed to admit I like got that under control afterwards <laughs> yeah
1: but no they're actually not quite a nice gun to handle around not too, they're quite they're heavyish which is obvious due to um, taming some of the recoil but they're yeah just well put together I do like them
0: yeah I will admit I'm the stock design is is awesome. It's um, hmm. you can control the rifle. I mean, it's got a big suppressor on it, so it's not terribly hard to shoot. But no, it's um, fine. I wouldn't want to do a lot of prone shooting with it. That's for sure. But it, do you know what? It would be cool. It would be cool for um, shooting big angry red stags. Yeah. Um, but anyway, anyway, but yeah. So that was that was our afternoon, and um, it was pretty cool. Now, last podcast we talked about crossover rifles and it was, went down quite well with the, um, the New Zealand uh, podcasting listening fraternity um, especially the sort of more structured um, nature of the podcast uh, rather than our normal ramblings um, but we did have a question come up that kind of related to it after they listened to the um, what we had to say yeah so I'm, I'm just bringing it up now so we had a question from Hayden, and I answered him on it a bit, but he sort of, what he's, oh, to cut a long story short, he, he's, he's bought himself a, got rid of a 7mm 08, he's bought a 6.5 Creedmoor Bagara similar to mine. Likes shooting it, um, likes how accurate it is, but a little bit heavy and a little bit long. So he was just sort of asking about going back to either a 7mm 08 or a 308 and keeping it a bit shorter using it for hunting, say deer, pigs and goats, but then also shooting steel out to about 500 meters. Um, he was just asking if those calibers uh, ran out of a shortened barrel particularly well, or if there's any issues, and, um, uh, you know, running a suppressor or what, and, and if it would be able to hit steel at 500 meters. So 7mm 08 and 308 um, from people I know, not so much myself, um, they have done is shortened up guns to about 18 inches, some even 16, and they seem to perform pretty well a good friend of mine runs an 18 inch Tika uh, 7mm 08, and I've seen him shoot game out to I mean, he shot a big red stag at four fifty with it, he shoots fallow out to 500 Yeah. Um, and I've seen him hit and steal a 1000 with it So. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll work pretty well it, It'll. I think it'll be better than shortening up 6.5 Creedmoor uh, to that short, you know, with those smaller 6.5s, I think velocity is everything. Um, not not that 7mm 08 is particularly heavy. No. Uh, um, well, what's your thoughts mate?
1: Uh Yeah, I've seen a fair bit of that type of shortening up and various calibers, even going to Magnums, but I, yeah, I probably lean back towards 308 mainly because of the wide variety of bullet weights you can get compared to maybe similar um you can go right up to your one you know 180s and yeah 190s yeah is one, one is low 125 so depending on what you're doing you can vary that up a bit so
0: um I think Winchester even do a quite a good sub supposedly good subsonic load um with like a 185 correct um so as we're talking about Crossing over roles from precision back yeah. to and pest control. Yeah, if you're suppressed and you're happy to work out the zero offset, you could have a, a 308 load uh, that's subsonic, also for um, yeah, uh, sh- you know, shooting around stock or or around my lifestylers where you can safely shoot, but there's a few houses around, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's I personally I, I like the idea of a 308 for a shorter gun, yeah.
1: I did for a while, I was lagging around a 300 blackout subsonic mainly because if you hunting other game and you're on the way to it walking whatever you could shoot other stuff on the way without making too much of a racket so
0: that that is true so we have an issue of um, say if we're trying to chase down a deer or, or some pigs we can see off in the distance you've got to usually get past um, two or three dozen goats tempting tempting sometimes yeah sometimes it might be easier just to shoot one in the head with a subsonic um, rather than take the long way around but uh, yeah, I'm just actually looking at the um, the ammo now, it's Winchester Super X uh, subsonic, it's yeah. got 185 grain projectile with a box rated muzzle velocity of 1060, so just under subs, um, supersonic speeds, transonic speeds, sorry. Um, yeah, to be honest, I might even get some and try it out. Um,
1: no, and, and, and Hornady's come out with the uh, subsequent loads for four fifty Bushmaster, thirty thirty and various other things now that are
0: Yes, and, and they sell the projectiles separately also. Correct. And they're so quite they
1: quite, quite well designed and yeah, which I'm it's good to have it ha- some on hand anyway. But anyway, that's sort of digressing slightly, but from <laughs> what question was around yeah, a shortened sort of rifle cable out to the distance and nothing Yeah. Both so
0: of those,
1: both those calibers are are a pretty popular and common choice in New Zealand yeah. for that sort of survival. obviously
0: by chopping your barrel down you're going to lose velocity and the point yeah. of a, a firearm is to push your projectile out at speed so it hits your intended target expands and uh, yeah. if it's a game animal um, causes um, significant wounding enough to kill them so if you're going to slow right down you're going to lose that so you are going to um, decrease your effective range on game now when it comes to steel how hard you hit that target does not matter as long as you hit it it. Yeah. Well So you're going to have to dial more to achieve the same hit um, as long as you've got the set elevation. Uh, now, if you're limiting yourself inside of 500 metres on steel and such, it's not very hard.
1: No. Um, if, bottom line is if you're pushing the limits on distance with 308, then barrel length matters. If you're yes. really saying 500 on maximum, then barrel length shortening up is no problem at all. So.
0: And so to be honest, 500 with a 308, um, you're not giving away a lot to a six point five anyway. No. Um, velocity or or um, all of that, but you do have more recoil, and you are going to be affected by the wind more. But you can, st- it'll still get it done pretty good. And yeah. when it comes to game, you know, I'd rather be shooting something like at four hundred meters with a, you know, one hundred and sixty-eight grain, three hundred eight bullet than a one hundred and forty grain or one hundred and thirty grain 65 especially bigger-bodied animals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a good question and. I mean, everything comes down to personal choice, but I'd go with a 308, and then yeah, uh, yeah, a little um, suppressor and a nice little dialing scope or a scope with a really good BDC system, and you'll um, you'll be laughing, yeah.
1: Yes, and the BDC systems work well if you use it with an app, um, yeah. Like we're talking about earlier, Australic Pro, which you know I used. To, I've used all sorts of apps, and now that I've started using that. 12 months ago I've really ditched all the rest now to a degree so but the main thing is that you can actually put in your scope if it's got a BDC like a holdover hash marks what they are and it'll give you a basically a, a custom range based on the zoom you're on for each of those hash marks so um, it works really well even if it's a yeah. pretty pretty basic scope like the um, the Burris E1 so E2's yeah and I've got a, quite a few scopes that have got BDC reticles from different manufacturers, so...
0: I actually think, that, so the, the, the unfortunate thing is most of the people who run a basic BDC or it comes with their rifle actually have no idea about the capabilities of that BDC. No. They just, you know what I mean? Like, it's they don't... No, no which is why i was sort of
1: saying it's... With, yeah. with a bit of work with an app, and once you know the velocity... Yada yada. It's actually not that hard to have an on-the-fly set of ranges for those marks without much much problem.
0: You you can then become out to say five hundred meters. Yeah. Incredibly accurate with um, with said said scope, Uh, rather than throwing it away and spending you know two grand on a VX five or something. You could you know your six hundred dollar whatever input scope name right here um, yeah could probably do it um but i mean if you want to buy the nice stuff buy the nice stuff but you can get stuff uh, you can get work done with some of these more basic systems yeah anyway this isn't the bdc episode
1: no no but then also yeah, just one other footnote was around the ammo i mean if you want to basically stick to one load and keep it real you know you've got a known then you know then the, the choice of 308 or similar weight really for either or to a degree in my mind then because if you're not going to be using different ammo, then it's not too, not so much of a problem. But the the, yep. the lower selection that you have in similar weight, but
0: there, albeit like if I was, my two picks for ammo these days for um crossover stuff is is the Sarko range and the Hornaday range. Yeah. Be it the Hornaday Match or Precision Hunter, or the sarco is it Game Head I believe it's called um, Game Head Pro, is sort of the Game Head Pro. Um, yeah. You know, if you want that multi-role um, accurate, but also devastating on game, yeah. uh, that's where i uh, you've quite experienced with the 6.5 Creed, with the um, the Sarko, I've been using it in a similar remag a little bit, um, MOA or better out of the box, and everything I've tried it in, and the calibers I've tried it in, and um, yeah, we just worked the data out and it's, it's, it's shooting pretty awesome and um but again my experience with the Sarko on larger game is limited so take take that information for what you will but um and i think it's slightly cheaper than the hornaday for the Sarko. currently mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> yeah currently yeah but and currently quite a bit more available than hornaday but yeah that's a good point about ammo and, and one thing for the people who um who, who want to know if, if you go into the shop buy like mark said buy the same ammo um, what you zeroed in for? If you buy, you know, you shoot in the Winchester, and you go there, and the Federal's cheaper, or the PPU's cheaper, um, or you know, or like you sighted in on PPU, and you're going on a big hunting trip, so you're like, man, I'm going to buy a box of Federal Fusion because hey, it's real good, right? That's it's real my, good ammo.
1: That's my old. That's my old plan. Come on.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, so you're like, I'm going, I'm going to hunt wapiti I'm spending all this money on this trip to fjordland I'm going to buy a box of really good ammo. Yeah. And then not test it. So. You've essentially just wasted all your money because unless the deer's really close your gun's not zeroed anymore so at least by sheer luck that it happens to
1: yeah and it's not an it's not an outside chance also that the gun wouldn't like it either that's the other thing some of them just don't shoot some ammo.
0: <laughs> just because it's expensive doesn't mean your gun will shoot accurately
1: and we um, throw it all over the
0: place and this unfortunately is a very common occurrence yeah uh, so um anyway anyway Use good ammo, but make sure your gun's there. Now, coming back around to the main two topics for tonight, it's a couple of scopes. So this has kind of become a bit of an episode about optics. Um and these optics sort of do two different jobs. Um so we're going to talk about the Bell Dada Recon Gen 2, 4.8 to 30 or 56. Yep. And the Delta triker from delta optical which is a give me my thing here that's what is it It's a bloody there you go 4.5 to 30 over 56 also so we might as well talk about the delta uh the Veldada first right
1: so both these scopes are basically long range prs precision scopes
0: um yeah i'd put the Veldada more in the um extreme long range
1: <laughs> yes that 40 millimeter tube which is so common
0: <laughs> yeah so
1: for anyone who wants to imagine what it looks like it's a drain pipe
0: yeah it's that big it comes with its own rings
1: Mount, which is good i'm glad they
0: did that and your own, its own bubble level too which is very cool yeah,
1: yeah. all right, all right um, run us through it
0: right so i yeah so this has been sent to me Ooh, shivers a while ago maybe six months ago by arlington arms now i've actually had it quite a while before i was um I was asked to sort of keep it under wraps because he's just um, uh, working out whether he wanted to import these things or not, uh, whether it was worth the uh, the cost and, and pain associated with importing. Um, so, yeah, so I've had it for quite a while. So, we started off I was thinking I've got to put this on something that's going to tr- kind of test it, right? Dialing up and down. What better than a 308? Because, you know, that's got the ballistics of a. Um, uh, truck so <laughs>
1: after you just recommend you just recommended it to the poor guy
0: now four, four, 500 meters true now, true so the goal for this was to shoot it to one mile yeah one mile just a bit over 1600 meters uh the setup we've got is 1630 meters target was a 24 inch um steel plate but anyway so we put this thing on i already had pre-existing data for the gun um I'd already shot this gun out to fourteen hundred and fifty meters with the um the Burris forge that I had on it. Um so I, I was already confident in its sort of um ability to Bushnell Forge. Shoot. Bush, what would I say Burris? Burris, you Burris. Apologies, I will continue to mess, confuse those two up for the till end of time. Um they're in, the anyway. sa-
1: they're in the same uh, ballpark anyway. Yeah, anyway,
0: um, so we already knew the 308 performed okay past 1000 meters. Yeah. Like I'm not talking like shooting tiny groups on paper and I think at long range, but getting hits on steel and not running too big of a target. So uh, we put it on, zeroed it in at 100 and we started playing around at, um, you know, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 1000 was, and it was doing that fine. We knew it would, we knew the game performed yeah i uh, did a tracking test on the valdata in my ship I've, I've got a big heavy um uh, this is called a blind it's, a, it's something out of the oil industry um it weighs probably pushing 50 kilos i've got a rail pull it on that clamp it to it, and track it anyway uh it performed the tracking test fine um so we knew it was tracking but then how we're we going to get this thing out to a mile um now i couldn't quite dial it now this thing's got quite a lot of internal adjustment uh, it's like a hundred and well let, let's 40 minutes
1: yeah it's 42 mrad
0: yeah 42 mrad which so, because i do have the mill version
1: which will be uh, about a third more than most scopes that are mm. even long range ones so that's i guess i suppose that is it's um claim to fame really isn't it it's got by far the most adjustment internally
0: Yes, and it's of any other like scope. it's a big. the forty millimeter tube creep. to allow for that, yes. that adjustment. Yeah. Um, now this thing is a, it's big too. Like it's not. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't run it on a hunting gun, or I probably wouldn't run it on a precision uh, field gun either, just due to. Um,
1: it weighs um, two and a half pounds. Yeah
0: yeah it's just big it's going to get in your way if you're smashing around the bush or um, yeah. in and out of barricades but again not its intended use now not, you could not, shoot a match with it but, it's not um, super long but yeah it's, a, no, it's not, not particularly long it's about
1: 14 um, inches without the sunshade I think
0: yeah uh, I don't even think i put the sunshade on the one I've got here no but yeah so it's it's got plenty of adjustment 42 MRAD yeah uh, I think I needed I can't remember how many MRAD I needed for um a mile but um I needed to hold a little bit in the reticle yeah. Uh, and also the, the, the how I put on, so this my 308 hour, Um only has a 20-minute rail. Now I do have a 40-minute rail here now, so I, if I wanted to I could um, claim back another uh, sort of 8 mil or something, but anyway, so I had to hold a little bit in the reticle but not a lot and um, I was able to get hits out to a mile with the scope of the 308 which once upon a time seemed like a task that I'd never even bother with because um, according to the internet 308 can't do much more than shoot 500 meters but well i got hits out a long way now i didn't shoot a million rounds either i just um i just shot two magazines down there and i managed to get several hits um so pretty cool man like that's a it's a long way to shoot a 308 with any sort of degree of accuracy and then made it happen
1: okay so then your take on the glass clarity
0: well, glass is good to, to be honest i get to a certain point with optics um uh, and i can't see much difference in things right it's usually over a couple of grand two and a half grand i, I can't uh, i would take that back a bit I'm, I'm not using these scopes in low light in early mornings or the end of the day right i'm not hunting with these things i'm i'm shooting In the daytime, practical sort of times.
1: So you're saying it's a Um, bit, it's a bit like some fancy wine tester who goes, "Oh, there's a bit of hint of this and a hint of that." You go, "How (laughs) the, how the hell would you know?" I mean, once it's, once you're spending over a couple of grand, it's good glass, and yeah, to my mind, I struggle to see quality differences on there as well but I'm assuming people go to great lengths to work this stuff out so
0: yeah oh hey and and some people might like my eyes are average you know yeah but like I said I imagine where these things that the difference in a lot of high-end optics is is that low light transition yeah um but again not what I'm trying to do and not with the Valdata it's not you know if you're hiking this thing up the Rohini's to the tops all the power to you but you can get it done um yeah a lot cheaper and a lot lighter but um, but so, yeah. So no, glass was good. I could I could spot. Uh, now it was an extremely bright day, but I could spot my own um, uh, dust when I'd miss. Yeah, uh, I couldn't see the hits. I couldn't see it hitting the steel, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Tur- I I've put it up there with most things. Tur- turrets. Turrets are nice. It's got a big, um, nice large turret. Uh, so it's nice and easy to easy to use zero stops super easy to set um, that's i'm really big on simple zero stops now uh, if, if a scope doesn't have a zero stop i'm not even interested in playing with it anymore but um, easy to set zero stop uh, that only takes about less than a minute um, comes supplied with the allen keys like every scope does um, now the the windage turret does have a different feel to the elevation turret now, there's no negative to this it just it's got a different click feel it's like weird as that sounds yeah it's just something I noticed straight away um still it works fine but it just feels different so maybe the mechanism different uh albeit I don't imagine the wind re- windage requires nearly as much uh adjustment availability as the uh elevation ones so maybe that's something to do with it It could be a different mechanism uh, but turrets feel good uh they're easy alu- to
1: adjust. they're illuminated they are they? yes
0: but I never put the battery in it no um, being that I was, I was purely trying to hit long range steel with it yeah um now we will Yeah.
1: And it's a Christmas tree type reticle so
0: Yep, yeah, yep. nice and basic. Um tons yep. of mill or MOA depending on what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, so I'm thinking if, if, like I said, if, so we're gonna um have a play with it on three through eight soon. Yeah. Which we can try
1: two K? Two K
0: is the goal. We just got I don't know why we haven't we've just been mucking about why we haven't even uh, yeah. got the target up there yet, but um, damn damn day job getting in the way of all my shooting um, but yeah and we want to try push this uh, out to two kilometers with this optic and, and some different guns that we've got access to um, right. so then...
1: what what would you what would you pick instead of it <clears throat> that's a question drop you in at there
0: uh... I don't know what would have adjust if I wanted something else I'd have to get a different scope with a um, uh, elevation adder such as a charlie tract or a Nightforce wedge or yeah or something along those lines now the nx8 doesn't have nearly as much adjustment does it no uh so that throw like if we're talking in this game that throws that away but then if i had a, a couple wedges that'd be fine but they're a couple of grand each or something yeah um yes, the so, so to, so talk about?
1: to go through that then like my nx8 on the, yeah it's on i'm holding 10 moa at a mile and, and as it's currently set up so um and that's with a 30 moa, MOA rail so which shows you this scope here could get you almost to 2k without holdover so yeah which is cool
0: it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not having to hold over i find as uh it makes yeah. my life easier for trying to perform an accurate shot i'm not able to remember uh what um what line to hold on or or etc
1: so target um, target market I think is basically people so, who are looking at something for a, a very long range rig to a great deal. Yep. I mean, uh, thousand meters and further. A lot of adjustment. Um, uh, the slight negative is the 40 mil tube in terms of getting choices of rings are pretty much well. Luckily they give you a set so.
0: And that. they have both medium and highs available now. Yeah. There's been a bunch of comments. I got sent the highs. Yeah. I have adjustable check so it doesn't matter at all yeah, yeah but there is mediums available and if you do buy one you get the choice of mediums or highs um and it, and it has a bubble level in there too if you want to run a bubble level
1: yeah i've seen on a few sites where you buy them overseas you basically you choose the ring height when you buy it so
0: yeah
1: which um, is ideal um yeah, because they send them with them
0: yeah so I, I don't actually think there's a hell of a lot and in the similar maybe like the night force beast but i have no real experience with them apart from i think i've done a couple of shots with one on a gun uh, years back but um i mean there's always going to be other options in there but this gives you that adjustability um without having to go to a a, um, adjustable rail or a prism system Um, but i mean saying that if you want to go past two k's which is a freaking long way then you're going to have to go to a prism system or something regardless
1: so okay, what about the price range of this thing uh, in New Zealand rubles? They're about four k, I think retail. Yeah, just
0: just over, I think. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. so that's the sort of price range you're looking at for one of these things. So I guess it's pretty unique. So and and you know it's it's good ED glass. So I think it's sort of yeah, it's an appropriate price range for what it is in my mind. But, um, not sure about your thoughts. You've had one to try. Before you buy,
0: uh, yeah, it's it's. Um, I think it's it's worth the money. It's worth the investment. Yeah, if if you are wanting to play that extreme long range game. Yeah, if you're just shooting at your local deer stalker's range at 100 meters, sure, buy one. My friend sells them. You'd love it, but um, you know you're going to get done with a three by nine, um, by forty sort of thing. So, um, but if if you like, I see this being a bigger hit in the South Island where they've got a lot more. Um, yeah uh distance uh and, and some guys have got some pretty cool setups albeit in our upcoming event next month we will have we're having a long range shootout so yeah if you do shoot a 6.5 or a 308 or a six millimeter this will get you there without any holdover or special rails um so right. yeah i think yeah good option for the intended use
1: that's the Veldata Recon G2
0: there will be a written review that's a bit less rambly coming out um, it's pretty well written but i kind of want to add in some of the extreme long-range stuff we plan to do past the mile yeah um, before I publish it so I've, I've actually I could probably touch on it now too I've also bolted on the 22 okay was dialing it out to 500 meters uh, which doesn't sound like much but it's quite a lot for the 22 it's a wee bit um, yeah mm. so and it, you know being able to just dial on and just shoot and um and it'd with too, not a, uh,
1: that range would be giving a rabbit a headache that's all yeah
0: well to be honest if you go back through some old turnic long range videos i shot a fizzy drink at 500 um, um originally shot nine and then when the video crashed i had to reshoot the video I shot 11 i managed to hit it again huh. uh, it went th- in and out on the fizzy drink the 1.5 litre fizzy drink well there you go so it's still a little bit of power. Um, again, don't shoot at rabbits at 500 meters. Um, that's a long way and not a lot of energy. But uh, they definitely aren't as weak as people think they are. But yeah, so I put it on the 22. Now the thing with 22 shooting is um, it, it's condition depend condition dependent at distance. Uh, first of all, I, I need dry conditions, which we've kind of got at the moment. Uh, but it's wind, man. If there's gusty wind, I there's not a chance really past 300 for me anyway um and even a consistent win needs to be relatively low otherwise they're just you know there's just too much drag on them and they just end up all over the place um and it's hard to hold down sort of a consistent um, point of aim or yeah. point of impact but uh but yeah it, it performed well uh, i've got it on my um it's just what it's sitting on currently my tika t1x with a 16 inch barrel and yeah, dialing up 500 meters and just getting it done, which is pretty awesome. Right. Well, so that's that. probably another way it could be used As if you're into extreme long range 22, which is slowly becoming more popular.
1: So Veldata, a company I hadn't heard of, and now we go into another company I've never heard of, which is Delta.
0: Would, I'll just say, yeah, if you, want a, if you do want a Veldata, Arlington Arms sells them um, yeah. on Facebook as a website. They're also on TradeMe from the Arlington Arms Trade Me store. If you want them, anyway, use use the, the,
1: use the promo code gram to get yeah. no discount.
0: <laughs> give you ten percent more charge to a credit card. <laughs> okay, now a scope that is a bit I'm not I'm I'm gonna say a bit more practical for everyday use. Yeah, due to its size and um, intended <laughs> use. Now, I'm not
1: from what you've said, they sound so hot right now.
0: Yes, they, they are quite popular right now in New Zealand. Um,
1: the Delta Optics Striker HD.
0: The ultra optical. It's yes, already, so. already
1: already got my award for the best named scope currently <laughs> on the market.
0: I mean, does that yeah. sound
1: bad or what?
0: I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty cool name. It's a pretty
1: yeah. cool name. I mean, now loophole VX. I mean, it's named after NerveGas I mean, what's you know? <laughs> um,
0: so again, another another um, high end optic. Not um, not high high end. It's it's a high end optic with a, uh, a sort of a you know, it's a it's a Maserati with a Commodore price. I yeah. Feel, you know, like it's
1: so they say it's
0: a so they say so this is, this scope these retail about three thousand New Zealand dollars. Yeah. Um, so they're not a cheap scope by any means, but it's it's the what you I mean features on a scope you can only get so much, can't you? But I I put it with a lot of scopes in the sort of four and a half to five thousand dollar price bracket. Yeah. For what it does. Um, it's it's pretty nice glass it's i'm quite smitten with to the point where i've actually bought one of them okay that's how much i liked it so it's a 4.5 to 30 by 56. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: hit it here first graham brought it it must be good
0: <laughs> well i guess try a lot of stuff so you know yeah. you sort of use it and get over it but um so then for me where these scopes we'll talk about them in technical a bit more in a second but yep where these fit in is the um uh this model particularly is the precision shooting. So precision field shooting, PRS style events, uh, long range, um, you know, matches out to a K a little further. Um, these, yeah, they really shine. So it's got, so the model I have is in mil, um, which is kind of where I've transitioned most of my shooting now, yeah. for the most part. Um, it's 34 millimeter tube, which is nice. 56mm objective so it's letting plenty of light in yeah uh, you could hunt with this um again not particularly light it's a kilo uh, yeah it's 1014 grams so again it's not a lightweight scope but it's um, half the way to the valdata though isn't it?
1: yeah, it's all the way down no no the valdata's two pounds.
0: oh pounds sorry oh so it's pretty much the same as the valdata to be honest then. no
1: not really anyway <clears throat>
0: it's it's <laughs> you Anyway
1: uh yeah the fact it dials down to four and a half means you know it's pretty got a wide zoom range so you can use it for for most uses put it that way so
0: yeah a, um, and a push <laughs> pushed, yeah it's um it's illuminated if, if you like illuminated reticles not my thing but that option is there people seem to like it um yeah I,
1: it's a weird thing it's there and if it's not there you feel like you're missing out but if it's there you don't use it so
0: <laughs> yeah so um people questions people ask uh, parallax what's parallax like parallax is good at parallax is down to 23 so yeah. i probably wouldn't i'd like saying a bit lower for 22 shooting but for field shooting for cinephiles, that's fine and um it doesn't just get to 500 and then go to infinity it's i think it goes out to around 1200 and then okay. it goes to infinity so you can actually the parallax is really nice right have got a lot of um yeah Tuning there to, to set your parallax, which, which is something that's nice. It doesn't just most scopes go to about five and then they just go, Yeah, here you go, this is what you've got after that. So, yeah, yeah, clicks uh, again. This is the mill version I've got, so click, adjust some 0.1 mil clicks, uh, like most things will. Uh, I don't know what the maximum elevation in it is,
1: it's uh, 29 uh, mil, 29 mil.
0: Yeah, that's that's not bad. So, your VL data was which is the extreme, 45, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but like, I was shooting today. My six my two sixty. Yeah. That was nine point three mil to just under a thousand meters. Yeah. So, you know, thirty mil. Um, it's giving you plenty of plenty of adjustment there, especially for practical shooting. Um, and and I mean, you're going to lose um when you set it up. You're going to lose. A bunch of that anyway, to, depending what your rail setup is. Yep. So even if you put that on a flat base, you still have fifteen mil, roughly. Yeah. Uh, so you could still shoot your six five, or your seven millimeter remag or whatever, over over a kilometer without needing a special rail. No. Um, yeah, it comes with a sunshade. Comes with a throw lever that you can attach to the, um, the the magnification adjustment, which is nice. Although that will clash with some bolts, depending on your rifle design but you can just take it off again easy zero stop um, that you just pop the turret off um, you spin a little disc around and you just limit it from traveling any further down than your intended zero um, again that takes less than a minute to set and your, uh, your zero set so big plus there um, it seems most manufacturers now are starting to come around to um, the idea that we want a civil zero stop so i've got a vortex viper pst gen 2 which yeah. is admittedly like a 5, 6 year old scope now. But the zero stop on it to set is a rigmarole, man. I have to, every time I do it, I have to watch a video on how to do it. Like I just, does my head <laughs> in. Um, to, it's for the scope to see me retired now because of it. Yeah, but so I've put this on a couple of guns. It's, it's been on both my 6 millimeter Creedmoor and my 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, I've used it, uh, for a lot of practice, um, I have shot a few goats with it just because they happen to be around. But um, and then I've shot in, well, only one competition, but both days. So what I did is I shot terrata uh, with it on the six millimeter, and then went home that night, swapped it onto my six five, re-zeroed, and shot on Sunday again on a different setup. And um, it's just easy, big clear numbers, easy to read. Turrets nice as you dial elevation on the turret, a small, I'm going to call it a mini turret, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, protrudes up through uh, your elevation turret, and what that is, is it's telling you if you're a revolution up or two, say if you're coming back to zero and thinking you're um, at 100 meters zero and you're actually dialed out to bloody, I don't know, 1500 meters, um, but you do have a zero stop too but it's just a nice feature so at a quick glance you know that you're um, only got to have a many revolutions dialed on just one less thing to go wrong for you which is nice you've shot it a bit Mark what do you think about
1: it? yeah I've been pretty impressed with them um, its controls are good I like the turret height and things like that um, throw levers I'm not really a big fan of anyway so I just you know taking my 11. I mean it's yeah. maybe if I was um shooting in Antarctica and wearing big gloves would be a problem but <laughs> they normally just get in the way of something um get snagged so yeah but but that, I mean that's that's most of them have got them now so um no I mean the glass is you yeah, know pretty pretty good glass
0: um, yeah it's impressive glass yeah it, it is it's um very and impressive,
1: well, once again uh, you had me with the name alone so pretty much (laughs) easy to thing there uh there's obviously quite a crowded market now of scopes that are in this zoom range size you know sort of so it's interesting it certainly seems to differentiate itself a little bit um it's control it's got very few things i can quibble about in terms of its controls and setup and that sort of thing so um price yeah it's up there but it's not extreme i mean obviously it's probably coming well under under some of the other ones that people would go to if they were really serious about long-range shooting you know your schmidt and benders things like that so <clears throat> or the carless offerings so obviously a lot dearer so i my um, hints why that's probably for its price range they're probably um the marketing might be not overhyped that it is starting to punch above its weight to it scopes that are quite a bit dearer. So, um, where are they made? That was my only question for you.
0: Uh, so somewhere in m- Europe, they're made in Japan. Oh, and I believe Delta is Polish, so they're okay d- designed in Europe and manufactured in Japan or, or yeah, yeah, it works there. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. Because believe it or not the poles have been making guns and gun accessories for quite a while um when they're not being invaded every other decade but um <laughs> poor buggers anyway yeah anyway, no yeah it's i mean we're, we're sort of rambling and just doing a sales pitch but it's um
1: no no no. we'll just it's um i've read a few reviews on them and, and certainly can't find a lot people knock the tracking and everything the turret terms of tactile feel no 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 issues um they seem to be on the market in New Zealand in a few places if you look around. So, which means that they've certainly got a bit of market presence. Um, do they put out other scopes, or is this sort of what they're? Yes. Like?
0: So, in the same sort of model, there's an F-class variant, which okay. is a um, uh, it goes. It's like a fifty times zoom with a, um, a basic reticle like in your Night Force we're shooting today. Oh, yeah. Um, not a lot of interest for me. So I a complete um,
1: waste of time then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for, for me, it is. But um, for ef shooters and stuff, I know some of the guys who have had a look at them, and I don't know, and um, for that kind of thing, it's apparently, uh, it's the cat's meow. But um, again, not my area at all. Now, they also have their um, the Delta Titanium, which is a 4 to 24 by 50. So that'll be a 30 millimeter tube. Uh, it's again made in Japan, uh, same HD glass. Uh, and now it says something about interchangeable turrets. So I think it's got a few options on different turrets you can run. I uh, know oh what it is, it's capped or exposed. Okay, so you can run either a, um, like a nice ta- tactical style um, turret that you can adjust as you see fit, or you can have a cap over it and uh, remove the cap and adjust um, only when needed. Uh, So say if the gun is slung or or something like that, I imagine. Uh, You never know, I might be able to get my hands on one. Uh, Looks like it's more intended for a uh, sort of medium long range hunting scope. Just looking at the pictures. Um, Again, smaller tube diameter. Um, To be honest, maybe could be a good option for the the crossovers we're talking about. Uh, Something both Mark and I are going to be putting together as a couple crossover rifles in the coming months. So you never know, one of those could end up on one. Um, and there's also another option, the Delta Javelin, which is a four point five okay. to thirty, but I don't know a lot about that. i only I've only to be honest, I've only got my hands on a striker. Now they also do a rangefinder and some binoculars too. Alright. Again, just what I've seen on the internet.
1: Going back to the central thing we're talking about, which is the Delta Striker H D. Mm-hmm. So uh, upcoming competition you'll be using the scope.
0: Click. Yes. Yep, and I will be shooting it at How Yep.
1: Yeah. And so, and the next comp after that, you would still choose the scope. So Yes, hundred percent. It's currently your number one
0: choice, and it's what I'm picking to shoot competitions with. Yeah, currently, yes.
1: So, how quick have you been able to get used to it? I mean, it's, it's a pretty straightforward. You know, there's not a lot that's different in terms of operation and layout to other scopes. So, I mean, what I'm saying is, it's a, it's an easy scope to just jump on and get going using.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as you're using. Um, Look, like, so I shoot MOA and mil, being yep. I like, play with cans all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm pretty used to swapping things out, but yeah, just I, I sort of, I got into it right away and sort of embraced it. It's um, yeah, I can sort of tell if a scope's I'm going to like it within um, you know, a few rounds. But after that, it's just like say, whether the tracking's good, um, whether its uh, reliability is going to be good, and that's only a time tested thing, right? Um, and I've had it for maybe or four or five months. Yeah. Um. And it, well, I mean, that's not a terribly long time, but it's been pretty bloody good. Um. Low light. Yeah, like I said, to the point where I've I've bought one. So yeah. Low that, light. That should speak itself.
1: So I have got two last questions. Low light.
0: I haven't used it, mate. Okay. Right. Um, maybe I'll have to. Maybe I'll come and shoot a few guys
1: Now the there's a few reticle choices, but I'm assuming it's a straight hash marked.
0: I have the LRD one T, which is the mill, uh, what we commonly would call a Christmas tree reticle.
1: Oh, so it's got um, the it's got the an the triangular bit at the bottom. Full of yeah, marks. Yeah,
0: so for your wind and um, uh, if people shooting in that fashion, more of a military style. Yep. Uh, but there's sort of several uh, options. Um,
1: so which looks like when the illumination's on, it's uh, the centre dot and four small hash marks out from that. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. It's pretty standard.
0: Yep. And it's got a, I don't know the exact warranty, but I know it's pretty good through the New Zealand, uh, New Zealand distributor. So, again, if you want these scopes or to look them up, I mean, if you look up Tarnik and i were shooting, you'll see I've been shooting them, putting a bit of stuff up. Yeah. I will have a full review coming out very soon. Uh, I haven't. I've only wrote a little bit of this review so far, but I'm okay. getting through it um but yeah look up delta optical nz or just if you're in one of our one of our two listeners from overseas um someone in your country no doubt sells them
1: all right so then if you wanted um (coughs) if your wallet was a bit emptier what would you go to below this uh
0: well i couldn't comment on the 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 titanium no no
1: but i'm saying and, you know other scopes so i did this one
0: okay so if i couldn't spend you know three grand which is a lot of money and it's unrealistic correct a lot is, of people. That's, that's why i'm asking without using we've talked about before by something like an, uh, wait what am i what am i trying to shoot what's intended use
1: well you, prs shoots right just okay
0: go. practical field shooting so i want first vocal plane i want 34 mil tube 30 uh 20. Ooh. um
1: so you're going down to maybe you're like of hundred, nineteen. You're like the Bushnell Forge 4. yeah
0: Bushnell Forge ain't bad that's a 30 millimeter tube correct 20, um,
1: up to 27 power yeah, to sub- yeah yeah
0: the one I've been using is a 3 to 18 yeah or 50 um Sub-2K. yeah that's some 2k I think they they come up on sale around 1400 bucks sometimes um uh, you, then you can't it. dismiss the, the Vortex um no. the new Vortex strike eagle. No,
1: that's even ah. lower down the price range. So yep, they're about
0: fourteen hundred bucks, Kiwi, fifteen hundred bucks. Um and it's the
1: Meopta Optica six
0: Yep. yep. And the and to the be honest, yeah, be range. What's um the Athlon Aries the Aries?
1: Aries Bt, BTR Gen two. Yep.
0: The Gen 2 is a thirty four millimeter tube. Yeah. So that so there's a uh, an attractive option now i shouldn't get too caught up on it being a 34 millimeter tube because 30 no. millimeter works fine and no, you exactly. save a bit of money on rings but, correct um, yep um but it's nice um yeah I've, I've used now i haven't used the new gen 2 areas i've used the gen 1 which was a nice scope it worked fine again first vocal plane middle or moa depending um how you count um so there's actually a lot of in that two one to two thousand dollar range is a lot now there's yeah. arcan optics which true I've only used um, a tiny bit just a, a friend two friends have them um, and, oh no I've no I know what I've been playing with in that range is the element optics well it's uh, sort of so 1500 bucks yeah. odd is yeah. their uh, Titan model that's the um I'm trying to think of the power range of it. I'm, I'm actually I've got a catalog next to me something gonna...
1: that's right but it's interesting looking at because that that does seem to then make this it does sort of squarely place it in the middle, really, between the two. I guess, yeah, you got the your lower range pricing from one to two grand. This is there. And then once you go outside of that, then you're up to four and a half onwards, aren't you, really, for scopes? Yes. Yeah. So your NX8s, um, PM2s. Mm.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. The, I think that... That sweet spot is in the um, in the one to two grand range, if you ask me now, for like affordable yeah. high quality optics, yeah, what I'd yeah. consider high quality. yeah. Um, the one I was referring to is the Titan that is the 5 to 25 or 56. Right. Um, so they're a similar price to the Vortex, uh, the new Strike Eagle. Yeah. Um, if people want to look, they, yeah, and, and there is a New Zealand agent for them. But but that's not what this episode's about. Righto. Um, that, that's one we'll talk about in the future.
1: Why wouldn't you buy it?
0: why wouldn't I buy the Delta because mm. I didn't have enough money
1: there you go that
0: would be would be my thoughts um uh, uh, yeah again some people will be uh, oh I've never heard of that you know it hasn't been around for 600 years or um or they own a thousand dollar night force so that's all they'll ever play with um yeah again if
1: that, that is a relevant observation though yes name recognition is not high so yes
0: and there are there you know people people like what they've got or um or whatever so i guess it's just i mean these have only been here for six months but they're already pretty popular yeah um i know a bunch of people with them already Uh, obviously i play in this world a bit so i gotta hear about things more but uh yeah um all right you're gonna get a lot of value for your money for sure
1: no that probably sums it up quite nicely
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think that covers most of those things. Yeah. So we've got. Yeah, we've got a big event coming up next weekend over in Central North Island.
1: Yep. Hal Tapu,
0: Tapu, GPRE Practical Rifle Match. So we'll be there Saturday and Sunday. um
1: Broadcasting so. live, not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh, without our cheat sheets in front of us so it'll be even worse quality um no so we'll be shooting practical on this Saturday yeah and then I believe you and I might do Hunter on the Sunday yeah
1: but more uh, low
0: key low key uh, maybe some smaller calibers but a 2 3 action um but we're we're going to have some 2 3 um stuff coming up in the future we're going to do an episode in a wee while about uh shooting you know 2 or 3s and sort of um uh, yeah, but more than 100 metres sort of stuff, you know, sh- shooting them about okay and, um, pr- practical shooting with them and that like, but that's for a future episode. A couple of cool guns there we're playing with. Um, And a, yeah, sh-
1: but... a sh- shootout between 2D4 and 2D3.
0: Oh yes, we talked about this today. So, taking the, uh, 224 Valkyrie, the, um, the, the, the cartridge that just <laughs> makes FUD's heads explode. God, they get so angry about it. And, um, and, and, and comparing it to a fast twist two to three, so you know two to three or the one and eight twist shooting say um, seventy and seventy grain projectile yep. uh, range uh, versus the two to four shooting um, 88s. By the 88s Yeah. Uh, so both of these will be factory ammo, um, and we're just going to. I mean, it's subjective to everything, right? But we'll do um, you know how much elevation we're using to get to a K and wind and yeah, um, and we, we know the guns can shoot accurately both of them um and we know they can both shoot to a k so we're just gonna do a bit of a silly head-to-head youtube style so we'll probably make i'm only make a video yeah um, but then again we'll cover that off um, in a future talk.
1: yeah let's not get ahead of ourselves
0: <laughs> yeah promise the world and under deliver that's, that's the, the spirit um, that's the precision podcast motto but uh albeit we have done three podcasts in a row now i know so, so we so have kept one promise
1: something is wrong
0: and hopefully the audio on this one is better than all the rest so we're trying to
1: we've done run a test so we should be alright. so all right graham we're
0: we're not very good at this anyway yeah i think that's that's about an hour anyway isn't it all
1: right good shooting everyone and we'll see you next time
0: yep see you in episode eight